0: I'm delighted to welcome today Rachel Gough, who is a mindset coach for artists and makers. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Thanks, Elaine. It's great to be here.
0: What do you mean by, we know what an artist is and there's various different types of artists, which I'm sure we'll go into, but what do you mean by makers? Well,
1: it's including people that might not see themselves yet as an artist because um, it can feel like a big title to some people. So, people that maybe are making things with their hands, things that traditionally aren't like high art, but just being very inclusive, really, of anybody who's using their artistic
0: skills, for their business. Okay, so somebody who may be doing some kind of hobby craft sort of hobby at home, uh, maybe as a just as a hobby, potentially could turn it into a business.
1: Yeah, because there's, there's people doing jewelry making, people making pottery, making all kinds of things at home that they might not be ready to take on that label yet of artist because they're they're in that transition period, you know,
0: from hobby to business. Right, it's okay, I get it. So, um, how did you get into doing this? I mean, it's quite specific, isn't it? Mindset coach for artists and makers. It's very specific.
1: Yeah. Well, what it do- is was it goes back to my own journey because way back I was a graphic designer and I did that for a number of years and have my own path to get to that because um my parents were like no to go into art school they're so like oh that's a waste of time waste of money and my teachers were like oh you want to do something sensible mm-hmm. so I took the sensible route got the degree and then went straight into a market research company and was just so unhappy. <laughs> really didn't enjoy it at all. So I ended up going back to college myself to do graphic design and my tutor introduced me to somebody that had their own web design company and it took off from there, me working as a graphic designer at web companies. And I really loved it because I was getting to use my, you know, my artistic side and, you know, play with colors and at first it was kind of like pinch me is somebody really paying me to do this and i enjoyed it so much but over the years it kind of faded that spark for it and at the time i didn't know anything about mindset all i knew was you know i wasn't happy and as we know like the brain when it hasn't got all the information it tries to fill in the blanks itself and comes up with a reason mm-hmm. so i came up with the reason i need to make things with my hands i need to make physical things in the world so i went into jewelry design so i was doing it for a bit while i was at my day job and fevering away on the train every day with designs and learning all about new materials and, you know, taking a course in silver making and doing all of this and eventually I became, I was made redundant because my company was bought out, moved. And I thought, that's it. I made the decision. I wasn't going to be a graphic designer anymore. And I became a jewelry designer. And at first, again, it was great because I got, I had my jewelry on the catwalk. I got it into a favorite shop of mine. It even appeared in a magazine. And on the surface, it was all, you know, it was all great. But again, it ebbed away and and it was quicker this time so then i found myself floating around you know from job to job trying to find out what was missing and it took me an incredibly long time to realize it was it was all about me <laughs> it wasn't about it wasn't about the jobs per se and that's when i decided to train as a hypnotherapist because i'd had hypnotherapy myself as a teenager for exam stress so it's something i knew a little bit about so I don't know why. Instead of going for hypnotherapy, I thought I am going to be a hypnotherapist.
0: Wow, so went straight to right straight to it. Goodness. Yeah, and and it, and it was really great
1: actually because all of us doing the course, we were all practicing on each other all of the time. So you're get you're getting the benefit yourself, and you're learning the skills to help other people, and that set me off on my mindset journey from there into. Then in all these things other things i didn't know about mindfulness and breathing techniques eft all kinds of different things that i didn't know about before and that's when i decided i wanted to do that as my main work and i started off just generally helping people with anxiety but um it took me a while to realize that anxiety is just everybody mm-hmm if you know if you've got a problem and you're not anxious about it it's not really a problem <laughs> so i thought i need to you, you know be a bit more specific because i was helping people for weight loss people that are feeling sort of depressed at work thoughts performance it's kind of a bit haphazard all over the place and it's only been in more recent times since we've had covid and all that time you know to, Think you know and reflect the way people might not have done before. I've thought about my journey and how I've got to where I am, and realised what was what was up. You know, in the first place, what was wrong, and it was all about. I really loved doing design. I really enjoyed that, but it was all the other things that go with it, all the having to come up with designs. You know all of the time you know the deadlines having everybody's opinions because you know, everybody has an opinion about its design like in a company everybody will have an opinion and working for hypercritical bosses that would like gather the whole company around to like critique your work and, and having to pitch and when i was doing jewelry design myself having to you know reach out to shops and all those things that they don't teach you when they teach you about design and it was those kind of pressures those stresses that anxiety that had let, led me along this path so i thought that's what i would like that's what i would like to help other people with because they they know they want to have a business and they've got the design skills and they go and do the business courses but still There's that anxiety there because nobody teaches them how to deal with that. Like particularly these days when you've got to get out there on social media, you know, show your voice, sorry, show your face. Hmm. People hear your voice Hmm. and those sort of things. And there's a lot of artists that like, oh, you know, just my voice, you know, I don't want to use my voice or do I have to go on as well as, you know, showing my paintings and it's kind of new new territory for people who are used to sort of like being on their own, being engrossed by their passion in their flow. And now they've got these other things to deal with that they want to do, but they have a lot of you know anxiety about it. Mm.
0: So now, as as like you said, so it's, fun. it's a, it's a, a fine balance really, isn't it? Between following your passion and making money from it. And then there is a, there is a kind of um, a tipping point where the passion then becomes um untenable as a business because you spend too much time on the thing that you're creating for example so if you're an artist and you spend maybe a day on a painting but you can only charge you know two hours equivalent of time for it or something like that so do you help them with all those kinds of things as well the business side of things or is it just purely the mind attitude uh, approach More
1: on the mindset side and helping them with overwhelm and also breaking down projects and goals and, you know, things like that. Like I have had someone who she was really struggling with her social media, like the content, what do I put? I don't know what to put.
0: Mm.
1: And really it wasn't about that. She, you know, she, she'd read information about that. She'd taken courses, but what it was really about was trusting herself Mm. and taking that time out, you know, to have like five minutes to herself each day, you know, to, listen, listen to the bird song, you know, stand in the garden, and just, you know, be still, and and trust herself. And that was just, that was just the little intervention that she needed to get going for their social media, because she knew really, but it was just like that, you know, that overwhelm of it all.
0: Mm. There's, there's this thing, isn't it, that, that we that we hear often, the, an- <clears throat> excuse me, the answers are within, and we have got the answers. But as you say, the lack of trust, the um, the overwhelm what what will people think of us and who do you think you are and all these nagging voices that come to us so so how do people find you Rachel through my website predominantly so that's rachelgoth.com and can you spell that for the benefit of the listeners who can't see you on screen
1: that's r for Rachel a-c-h-e-l-g-o-t-h.com
0: Marvellous. Okay. Like, um, and what would you what advice would you give to, to somebody who's thinking maybe of making the transition to uh, turn their hobby into a business? What would be the top tips you would suggest?
1: I would suggest that they take time, they make sure they keep taking time to themselves because it's easy to let your self care slip. Mm-hmm. And you only have really five hours a day of your higher brain function because it takes up so much energy and if you're wasting that time feeling anxious and stressed you have even less time to do your work so it's really important and it saves you time taking that time out to care for yourself and another tip would be side projects because there are going to be times you have to make work you know for other people and it might not be quite the thing that you you would want to make you need those side projects to keep that spark alive, to keep your interests keep your interest going. And also doing something completely different. Because that's where you get your you don't get your inspiration from sort of head down in front of the in front of the screen or the piece of paper mm-hmm. or the blank slate. So make sure you're getting out there, you know, seeing exhibitions or reading the newspaper, reading books, just You know a variety of input to not forget that because we can forget and sort of tunnel down
0: Mm. on the task absolutely you mentioned five hours when is the five hours that's productive is there a specific time of day or does it differ for everybody it's not a specific time of day it's just that they sort of you know there's three like
1: layers of the brain The, the, the lizard part the mammalian part and then the human part the human part the really high thinking brain you know that's come that's come later in our evolution. That part uses huge amounts of energy, so you only have about five hours a day of that. So the thing is to take breaks through the day, because you know when you find yourself staring off through the window mm-hmm. for a minute, and you think, "Oh, stop doing that." <laughs> that's actually you taking a natural break. And if you can take like five or ten minutes every hour, wait, when you find that you know that you're starting to wander, when your mind's starting to wander just having that little deliberate break and then you come back refreshed. Like the way some people use the Pomodoro technique, you know, the tomato uh, timer, like the kitchen timer to work in short periods, because you just just can't keep that level of concentration up and you'll think you're being productive. It'll feel, oh, I had a really busy day. Mm -hmm. But when you look back, you won't have achieved that much.
0: Yeah, busy doing nothing.
1: Yeah, don't feel guilty for taking breaks. It's essential.
0: When you say pomodoro, um, again, for the benefit of the listeners who have not come across that word, um, can you just describe that and why, why would they use a kitchen timer?
1: It's a, Well, it's called pomodoro because it's just one of those uh, little kitchen timers that looks like a tomato. And it's set for, I think it's, um, I'm not sure how on the periods exactly, I think it might be 25 minutes or something like that. But you set it and then you work for that amount of time. And then when the alarm goes off, you just have a little break. So it just gets you working in those short, productive
0: periods. Cool. So, so you're breaking the five hours up effectively in manageable chunks?
1: Yeah, because you can't you can't concentrate for the whole five hours because your brain, your brain goes through, you know, cycles through through brain waves kind of thing where you're more sort of conscious and then you sort of drift away a bit more dreamy kind of thing so when you get get into that dreamy bit when you notice that have a little break or as i say some people find the timer useful
0: cool that's a good good idea for 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 all of us what type of clients do you deal with have you got a particular um regular type of client that comes to you are they you know what what sort of art or you know makers are they
1: it's uh... All kinds of different things, really. A lot of visual things, like people doing um, gra- graphics and publishing, people making, uh, you know, there's a lot of digital downloadable graphics now, people selling through Etsy shops, that kind of thing. And also people writing as well, people writing their own books, people painting, well, all kinds
0: of different things, really. Interesting. So remind us of your website again, please, Rachel it's rachelgoth.com so that's Dot h.com and presumably you're on social media somewhere or another i'm on tiktok actually as uh, rachelgoth.com
1: R-A-C-H-G-O-T-H.
0: <laughs> cool i don't know anything about tiktok i just sent thing i get sent things but it all seems a bit a bit flim flan to me as an old person. I goodness me, you know people doing silly things. So is it a serious thing or have I misunderstood it?
1: It's about training the algorithm. When you first go on, you will get lots of people like dancing kind of thing. But as it gets to know you, as you do searches, then you get more of the information that you want. And there's a lot of people now on TikTok who are over 30 and older. They- You know the main age is getting older, and there's a lot of uh, artists and that on there because of the format, because it is you know short video,
0: and most videos are
1: only a minute or three minutes, so you can you can see a lot of things in a short
0: amount of time. Right, cool. okay i can't i don't i can't see me rushing over there at my (laughs) grand old age um so uh, thank you so much rachel goff mindset coach for artists and makers for talking to us this afternoon thank you
1: thanks a lot elaine